This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, speaking with someone who I had yet to meet in person, but I followed on Twitter, and he's now uh, going to be covering uh, Wichita State, a new member of the American Athletic Conference, Paul Sonnentrop. Paul, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to for this uh, interview. Re- real quick, for folks who don't follow you on Twitter, just quick uh, background of, of your career. Well, I work at the Wichita Eagle for about two more weeks. I've, I've worked at the Eagle for two, since 2000. I've covered Wichita State since 2005. Uh, and in, uh, I've given my notice at the Wichita Eagle, and in two weeks I will be starting work for Wichita State for the Office of Strategic Communications. And in that uh, capacity, I'll be doing a lot of the same things I did for the Eagle. I'll be covering Wichita State, writing about Wichita State, uh, babbling on video and, and podcast about Wichita State, only I'll be doing it uh, you know, under the umbrella of the university, the athletic department, instead of for the Eagles. So I guess I've told people that in some ways it's, it's a lot different from what I'm currently doing, but in other ways it's not, not very different at all. Is it, could it, is it safe to say that it's, I guess, a sign of the times for you? Did you see it as an extension of what you did before? It is, and there are, I don't know how many, I know there are several athletic departments who have people like this. Uh, you know, I talked to someone in Nebraska that does it, there's someone in Oregon, I know Colorado has it. So I think more and more athletic departments are seeing this as kind of in addition to, I guess what you would call the standard media relations people, which, you know, recap games and write press releases and things like this. This is another way to you know, to cover the teams and get out information about the teams and the athletes and the coaches and connect with your your ticket buyers, your fans, your donors, all that all that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess maybe Major League Baseball pioneered this. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when MLB.com started hiring beat writers for all of its teams. And, you know, now we have the NFL Network and, MLB TV, and those are all league-owned entities, uh, but they cover the league. So it's, yeah, it's obviously changed a lot, and I think this is kind of that that progression, what I will be doing. Let's get to your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Wichita State joining the American Athletic Conference? Well, it's a great move for Wichita State, uh, you know, in almost every way. Uh, The fans are just thrilled they could not be more excited i think they rightly see it as a you know as a landmark event at university's history uh, i think the administration views it the same way uh you know the missouri valley conference they joined that in 1945 and it's been a great home for wichita state you know it was, it was appropriate they fit with those schools for many years and even you know the valley underwent changes and you know, Cincinnati and Memphis and Louisville came and left. Creighton came and left. And a lot of those changed a lot, but it always made sense for Wichita State in a lot of ways. But over the last few years, it began to make less sense. And a new president came in who really has some some bold ambitions, and I think he began to see it as a as a university-wide thing that they needed to be in a different neighborhood with schools that they see as more similar to them in you know, mission and urban setting and uh, research and all those kind of things that 
academic people kind of think about. So, and at the same time, you know, the athletic department has been improving and getting better and better, mostly driven by men's basketball. And so they kind of outpaced a lot of schools in the Missouri Valley Conference just because they have some resources available to them. And they make some really good hires in a lot of sports, but especially men's basketball with, with Mark Turgeon and then with Greg Marshall. And similar to Creighton, you know, Creighton kind of did the same thing. They really hit it big and started drawing 17,000 people a game to, to games in Omaha. And they got into the Big East when that opportunity presented itself. And Wichita State did a similar thing. And when the American decided that a, a 12th basketball-playing member made sense, Wichita State was perfectly perfectly positioned and people here could not be more excited have you spoken to anybody who has negative thoughts on the move or was against the move to the american you know there were people who maybe questioned it i would i I would say negative would be too strong were there people who wondered hey is this right or what's the downside I, i think there were people who you know, appreciated the Valley, appreciated Wichita State's history with the Valley, and maybe had a little bit of hesitancy, uh, but nothing significant. And I think that those were maybe questions in the early stages of the move. And I think the more the move took on its own momentum and the more it became a sure thing, I think those objections, you know, dropped basically to, to you know, nothing or very small. You know, now there are going to be people who are going to worry about flying the softball team to Connecticut and how do you pay for that? And there are going to be coaches and athletes who are going to get stuck in a, you know, an airport overnight because they're now making flights, commercial flights where they were on a bus. So there are going to be changes that, you know, there are going to be painful moments to all that. But I, I think without a doubt in general, it is a unanimous thought that uh, this is a, a really good thing for Wichita State. Before getting into more detail about men's basketball, are there other, what is the term now used, um, non-Olympic sports that Wichita State excels at? Yes, and I think that was an important part of this. I wouldn't say it was a a big part of this, but I don't think – I don't think the American would have been interested in Wichita State. I guess I don't know if I want to say that or not, but I I think it only helped Wichita State in addition to a great men's basketball program. It also had, you know, several other programs that are, you know, that were really good. Uh, It's won many of the all sports trophies that the Valley has here in recent years. It's just got a, you know, a very solid athletic department all the way around. The, The volleyball program is in the NCAA tournament on an annual basis. Uh, they're nationally ranked now. Uh, baseball has been down over the last three or four or five years, but historically it's a very strong program and it's supported at a, you know, at a pretty high level as far as budget and fan interest and, and things like that. Uh, women's basketball has struggled these last two or three years, but before that it won the Valley three years in a row and went to three NCAA tournaments. It's pretty competitive you know, against bigger name schools during that, during that time, uh, you know, and, and other sports, men's golf has had you know, really good years. It largely dominated the Valley track and field is very strong. I wouldn't say it's dominated the Valley, but it's definitely been one of the Valley's best programs and, and times has, has dominated. And you could go through that, you know, with a lot of sports. So 
Uh, I think it will come in with expectations of, you know, the American will be a step up in, in many sports, uh, but I think Wichita State will come in with an expectation of being able to, you know, to, to be competitive across the board. What are your initial thoughts on the American for men's basketball? Well, I think it's a great move for Wichita State. It'll really help them. You know, fans here have grown tired of you know, Missouri Valley Conference teams rolling in in January and February, and there just wasn't a lot of drama. You know, I think Wichita State, I've written this a lot, I think over the last four years, they were 68-4 and four in regular season games, and, you know, the average margin of victory would probably, you know, range between 15 to 20 points. And so I think people were, you know, they wanted better competition. And the byproduct of that was they felt like in January and February that most of those 18 Valley games, you know, if you won, it was not helpful from a, a national perspective, not helpful from an RPI perspective because you didn't gain very much in, in most cases. There were some exceptions. Northern Iowa has had some excellent teams. Illinois State's been good. But, you know, for most of those 18 conference games, the you weren't going to gain very much as far as NCAA seeding or national respect or any of those kind of things. And if you happen to lose, boy, it could really hurt you. And, you know, Greg Marshall's talked a lot about NCAA tournament seeding these last couple of years. They got sent to Dayton two years ago. They were a 10 seed last season. And I think he's felt, and fans have certainly felt, that they were a better team than that. But when you are playing in the Valley and you're playing a lot of, you know, 150 ranked RPI teams or 200 RPI or 250, then, you know, it's hard evidently to get the attention of the NCAA tournament selection committee in the way that Wichita State wanted. So from that standpoint, great move. Uh, I guess overall, I think it's, I think the Americans are really good basketball conference. I think clearly if you were to talk about, you know, what's good, Cincinnati, SMU really making big strides, really, you know, they're very, very strong programs. Looks like there's several new facilities coming online. I think that's great in Houston and Cincinnati. Uh, but probably the biggest story would be UConn and Memphis. That if the American Athletic Conference is going to be what it wants to be, getting, you know, four or five, six teams in the NCAA tournament, then UConn and Memphis have to improve and, and get back closer to kind of their historical standards. What are your impressions of the men's basketball team I've seen in some way too early preseason polls what predictions for them is nationally ranked as high as what four or five maybe what are your thoughts on the team yeah it's hard to argue with that they have basically every important contributor back except for one so the whole starting lineup is back their whole rotation of big men is back and they've got some very talented guards. They're not quite as deep as in guard as maybe you would like, and they've got a couple of injury questions in the backcourt. But in general, they're bringing back a very strong, very experienced team. They'll have six seniors, uh, and they've got some you know high-end talent that aren't seniors, uh, and they've got a strong track record. So you know, based on last year, what they did in the NCAA tournament, it's kind of a small sample size. They beat Dayton, which was a seven-seed competitive game. Uh, then they played Kentucky right down to the wire, had a shot in the air at the end. So based on that and based on what they've got coming back, I think it's 
totally reasonable and appropriate to see them as a top five, top ten team. You you mentioned injuries. Um, injuries to what player or players? Uh, Landry Shamit, uh, point guard, has a uh, had surgery on his foot, uh, stress fracture kind of thing in. I guess it was late July. He is supposed to be back uh, early November, mid-November. And when I say back, that's the you know the expectation would be back playing at something close to full strength in, in early November. So he won't do a whole lot, you know, in the in the preseason. Certainly will be kind of a slow ramp up. So if everything goes according to schedule, and he had a previous injury on the other foot as a freshman, so he's got some experience with this. You know, if that goes according to form, then, you know, he would be back in the lineup early November, mid-November, and play most of the season and, and be healthy. That's what he that's what he thinks will happen, and, you know, at this point, that's that's what we have to go on. So if that happens, you know, he should be fine for certainly the, the vast majority of the season. Uh, another guard, a sophomore, Austin Reeves, has had some recurring shoulder problems over the years. He had surgery last year right after the season, I think probably early April. And so that's cut down on what he could do over the summer as far as playing and conditioning and, and weightlifting. And he's also supposed to be you know, back and ready for the season. But with him, it's just a matter of, you know, he just, this has bothered him since high school. He just hadn't had a whole lot of healthy time to you know, improve and get his body stronger. Uh, and, you know, again, if everything goes the way they, they anticipate, he should be able to play this season. Uh, with him, it's just a matter of being as, as good as he can be and as effective he can be and keeping those shoulders healthy. With the move to the American, and it, it, I think everyone would agree, an upgrade over the Valley, do you believe fans are have considered contemplated a few more losses on the on the uh, ledger nine the American the American they had seen in the uh, in the valley last few years sure i think so i think people have uh, you know a realistic expectation that you're going to be playing tougher bigger stronger deeper competition night after night um, now what is that magic What's that magic number where fans will be, you know, will take uh, one or two more losses in stride? Will they begin to get upset if it's four more losses? I don't, I don't know what that magic number is. They'll still have really high expectations, and uh, you know that 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 won't change, especially with this team. But I, I think certainly yes, there's a, you know, there's an understanding that you know what what Wichita State is stepping up to, and how that may change, and. You know, whereas maybe in the Valley, if you had a, an injury and you played three games without a star player, you know, maybe you are able to get by and not lose a game. Or maybe you're able to get by and go two and one. And, you know, in the, in the American Athletic Conference, you get an injury at the wrong time, and now all of a sudden maybe you're looking at a at a at a, some kind of losing streak. For the listeners who are fans of teams in the American who have not seen Wichita State play, Give a brief summary or overview of Coach Marshall's teams and their style of play. Well, you have to start with defense and rebounding. Those are the things that he really, you know, emphasizes and has built his his career on. His teams always play very 
very tough defense, mostly man-to-man. Uh, they want to rebound really well. Uh, they're usually very, you know, physical and aggressive and, and tenacious. And they, you know, if you look at Ken Pomeroy or, you know, national defensive leaders, those kind of things, they're usually going to be in the top 10, the top 20 of those defensive stats. And that's something they really take a lot of pride in. This is also an excellent offensive team. At least last year it was. It may have been the best offensive team he's had. It was also very high in the, on the Pomeroy offensive efficiency rankings. Got some excellent three-point shooters. Uh, rarely turn the ball over. They can score inside. They've got big guys who are skilled. Uh, they can you know, get out and run the break. They've got uh, two guards who really work well together, Landry Shamit. Connor Frankamp were both excellent shooters and both very, very good with the ball. That neither of them turned the ball over at all. And when you're getting, you know, when you're getting a lot of possessions and you're ending up with shots for good shooters on a lot of possessions, that's kind of a recipe for a good offense. This last year's team was excellent offensively, and you would think it would be, you know, certainly in that ballpark or, or better again this year with another year of, of experience. Uh, and so, yeah, in a nutshell, he likes to play a lot of players, um, you know, and that can kind of vary, but I think in general he's not afraid to go nine or ten deep. There have been a lot of years where his best players would play, you know, 23 minutes a game and average 11 points just because he had the depth to do that. Now, that can kind of vary. You know, Fred Van Leet and Ron Baker, they played closer to 30 minutes a game when he had those guys. Uh, so that, you know, that, that can vary, but in general he, you know, he's not afraid to go into his, go into his bench. We're almost done, Paul. Um, thank you very much again. This is Chris Garner speaking with Paul Sullen Trump of Wichita Eagle. For now, it's going to be with uh, is it GhostShockers.com or should this say with Wichita State? That's the website. Yeah, that's the website, and you know, I guess that's where my work will appear. And that's you know, you're free to refer to it in any, any way. I'll be working for Wichita State, writing for GhostShockers.com. I guess. Okay, one or two more questions. Sure. What are you? And I heard you mention Pomeroy. Are you an analytics guy? Have you evolved to look at it more, or are you just old school? I I look at it a lot. I think it's a good way to kind of a good starting point to help you explain things, um, you know, in ways that would be interesting to readers. Uh, I don't, you know, I think there's a fine line. I don't want you don't want to you know, bury people in, in numbers that they don't understand or make it hard for them to read. But I, I think it's really useful where you can say that a, that a, you know, a team has improved in, you know, this aspect. They're, you know, they're not, they're getting the free throw line more often or they're shooting better from this area of the court or a player has really cut down on his turnovers. And then you can go to those people and say, why do you think this has happened? And, or you can say, you know, in, in games that they won, they're doing this, and in games that they lost, they're doing something different. Why is that? So I think it's all helpful. I don't know that it's, again, you want to, you know, whatever you do, you want to make it readable and interesting for people. And sometimes the numbers can really help that. Uh, sometimes the numbers can, can get it bogged down. So I, I think I enjoy looking at them. It's almost more helpful for opponents. You know, to get a sense for what they do, uh, especially if you don't get a chance to see, uh, you know, another team on television a lot, and that can take you, you know, if you don't have two and a half hours to watch uh, a game, you know, you can look at Kim Pomeroy, you can say, well, this is, you know, this is who gets the ball the most, and this is the kind of things that they like to do, and 
then maybe those are questions that you can then take to people and, and ask. So I use them a lot. Sometimes it's just to kind of get give you a starting point for a story. Other times it's something that you really build a story around. I think this will be my last question for you. What are or how has journalism changed that you've noticed in these last 10, 15 years? Yeah, that's a heck of a last question. We could do a whole a whole segment on that. Yeah, you would start with, you know, I guess we're going back 15 years now. That was, you know, when the Internet, I guess, was just kind of starting to really, you know, it was it was here, but it was, you know, we're still trying to figure out how do you use it, what do you do with it, and we're still trying to figure that out in some way. So, obviously, the Internet would be the, you know, the big answer to that. In more recent years, social media has, has changed the way we do things, and some of that's really good and really interesting and really fun. Other of it is, you know, not as good and of, of questionable value, I guess, but it's here to stay, and it definitely has changed the way people get news out. You know, every everybody now can get their news out the way they want to on their, you know, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever they want, so that's changed our jobs because of that. Uh, videos become much more prominent in what, what we do. And, you know, I think some of this is, you know, change to a certain degree is always difficult. But I also think that if I was doing my job the exact same way I was doing it in, in 1996, that that would kind of be boring. So, you know, some of it you enjoy, some of it you enjoy less. Uh, you've got to figure out what's, what's most important and what is, you know, what do what do people want? What do readers want? What do they want to watch? What do they want to listen? Certainly, there have been a lot of changes in that in over the last fifteen years. Paul Fullentrop, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And if you are at the media day for men's basketball in October, I look forward to introduce myself to you. And, and once again, thank you very much. I plan on being there. Thanks for having me. You take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.